Welcome to the Arrest All Mimics podcast with your host Ben Tallon. Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Tallon. I am your host. This is the original thinking and creative innovation podcast. Hope everybody's well. Um, who went to pick me up? I've got loads of people telling me that pick me up was awesome this year. Um, I didn't get over to it because I was running around playing journalist for this show at um, the NAD Festival. So I didn't get there in the evenings. I was too busy hanging around trying to be the cowboy that I am when it comes to media and, and picking up the right contacts. And I didn't make both. So let us know some thoughts on that. Um, I talked to Emily Goslin from It's Nice That and she was really raving about the, the pick me up this year as were a number of other people. Um, I know some people who came over from Cardiff University to check that out. Big, bad, printed illustration festival, if um, if I've got my understanding of it correct. Um, hope you've all been up to exciting stuff. It all seems to be picking up as we uh, come into what's become quite a rapid summer. Awesome weather. Um, and it doesn't really make you want to stay in the studio, does it? For anyone who's in employment, I'm sure it's killer looking out the window and it's bad enough... Um, knowing that I'm my own boss and I could just leave at any time and go and kind of sit on the wall overlooking the Thames where my studio is, but you can't do that because you've got deadlines. And I've always been a far worse boss than in any form of employment, so it never works out as rosy as we all like to make it seem as freelancers. Um, Anyway, um, you know, exciting stuff coming up. We've got New Blood coming up soon, DNAD New Blood. Um, We've got... All sorts going on over the summer. Cool stuff happening. People graduating. I'm going to be trying to put together a, a student special, student and, and recent graduate special, to get some truths and some fears and some hopes and some dreams from people coming out of the university system, coming out of colleges, people going into the big bad world of real life and employment and taxes. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully, can bring that to you soon. Um, Sadiq Khan, new mayor for London. For any Londoners who listen, uh, I'll give a shit about that. I'm pretty chuffed. I'm, I am, you know, I've voiced my own opinions in the past on the current government as as far as creativity goes and the the art and design scene. Um, we see it more and more. Studios getting swept away in favour of luxury flats, um, and it's not cool because we're all getting pushed further and further out of the city centre. Um, it's going to disperse people more and more around the country, which is good for other places. But London was built on this awesome creative talent network and it's soon not going to be here if people can't afford to live. That's the top and bottom of it. So I am going to be trying to track down Sadiq Khan. Watch this space. Um, Can't say I'm overly confident about getting the man because he's just got in the role of Mayor of London and he's going to be pretty damn busy. So we'll see how that goes. But anyway, today's episode, sponsored by Heart Internet and uh, Illustration Limited, as ever, uh, a loyal supporters of this show of Arrest on the Mix. Um, and as per usual, uh, I'm going to bring you a quick tip from Heart's Internet that will hopefully help you to improve your social media presence. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And it's a bit of a no-brainer, but it's something that we all ignore and I see it all the time. And it's about defining your goals on social media. So what do you want to achieve? What are people looking for from you and how are you going to bring that to them? If you know, let's let's talk about you know today is a is a sort of two part new music special. So let's take a look at it from the point of view from our first guest in part one, which is the Hyena Kill two piece hard rock band from Manchester doing big things at the moment, about to release their debut album. Um, what do you look for from a hard rock band? You know, it's like 
Are people following you for cool studio riffs coming out, uh, little exclusive videos online? Are they looking up to you because you represent what's great about a DIY band who's done everything off their own back, um, as you'll learn about later in the show? Um, and how are you bringing that to them? You know, if you're following a hard rock band, you're looking for cool music, good looks, um, bad attitude, you know, in the best possible use of the word bad. And I think it's important to stick to a track and keep those goals in mind whenever you're posting, you know. People don't want to see cat videos from a hard rock band. They don't want to see shitty selfies, um, as we'll talk about later when you look at the front cover artwork to their album. It represents a disdain for that movement and that whole vanity culture. So just keep your goals in mind whenever you're playing on social media, whenever you're posting your work out there. Just remember what you're trying to achieve and what people want from you um, as somebody they might follow. So keep that one in mind, and thanks to Hearts Internet, our sponsors for that. Illustration Limited, over at illustrationweb.com on all social media platforms, bringing you the usual amazing blend of illustration, animation, art direction, set design, uh, everything else that they do, which is increasingly broad and increasingly filled with awesome talent. So go and check them out too. So yeah, it's a two-part new music special, and... For anyone who's followed my career in any capacity, if you've read Champagne and Wax Crayons, my debut book, which is essentially a a first-person account of going through what we're all going through, which is trying to make a living from your passion, and the highs and lows and all the the things I've encountered along the way and the the ways I've dealt with those problems and, you know, achieved some cool positives. Um, If you know that story, you'll know that I set up a, a music project in Manchester called Quenched Music with Dirty Freud, who is actually part two of this special um and we spent a couple of years basically combing the streets of manchester going to open mic nights putting on open mic nights putting on club nights uh just knocking around and having beers with bands and you know we both wanted to work with bands in our different capacities danny wanted to write for them i wanted to illustrate front covers quite frankly like i think just about every artist who ever went to art college and Quench Music was our vehicle and our key to opening doors into the music industry. So so what we did, we, we used Quench Music as a vehicle to go out and do some really playful, really exciting projects um, with some of the hottest new music talent uh, in the industry. But what we saw was a real range of success rates and sadly lots of those bands that we thought were, were sure to make it, you know, they had a place, they had a niche, they had a really cool developed sound and the best attitude, they would go under, capitulate overnight because it's a fucking fraught industry. I mean, it's really hard. It's it's a nightmare. You know, at least in illustration design, you have you can put together a portfolio and you can hammer the market and you can persevere and, and you can break through and find opportunities if you've got the talent. Not the case in music. You, um, you can be the best band in the world. You know, uh, we're looking at a real ravaged industry. Um, the majors uh, are, are sort of the you know it's the last breaths of a dying corpse is what I think Tom York said or something along those lines. The old model doesn't work anymore because of the internet now and because of digital. People have got so much ac- access to all the kit that they need that maybe fifteen twenty years ago you would have had to spend thousands and thousands of pounds to get out a huge recording stu- you know recording studio. Whereas now you can do it from your bedroom uh, and and it causes problems right across the industry because it's on one hand it's great. Um, that you can get into that. On the other hand, it means that everyone can do it. So the competition field is is massive, and social media stats, you know, speak louder than ability these days. And it's really, really tough. So I'm going to talk to in part one the hyena kill 
as I mentioned, two-piece hard rock band from Manchester who we met on the scene and we worked with on in you know much we reviewed their their work. We would put them on in our club nights. I've done so many record sleeves for that band and worked with them on music videos and their promotion and their PR and everything else. We become good friends, so I sat down and I go and meet the Hyena Kill for this first episode during their UK tour, supporting Fizzy Blood, Fizzy Blood, my mistake, um, band from Leeds. And it, I've just always been really impressed with how savvy and, and how switched on the Hyena Kill have been, uh, the respect they've shown me as an artist, their understanding of how important artwork actually is for a band. We're going to discuss that in depth. We're going to look at the whole you know, PR campaign, why the band have survived as long as they have how they feel about their debut album coming up and the problems that they face is not not just new musicians, but as creatives trying to just make a living, you know, we're gonna talk about some of the key issues there. So this is wider than just music, you know, we're talking we're looking at how music fits into all of the disciplines and their understanding and appreciation of that. And it's one of the things that's got them much further than a lot of their competitors at the time, who we've seen go under. Um, in part two, I'm going to be talking to Dirty Freud, who's an electronic producer and musician, and his path is a little more unconventional. You know, he went right around the houses, as we'll discuss later on, through creative writing and came full circle back to music. Um, we'll get onto that in part two, so get back to us with that. It's a really different angle. We're going to be looking at Mystique, um, building a character to support the music. We're going to be looking at... Um, what a really working class background did for Dirty Freud uh, as an artist and why his tutor told him that Gary Newman wasn't real music and it was just noise. Uh, good stories coming up from both artists. So I hope you enjoy it. New music special. We've not really done much with musicians uh, to this point, apart from Don Letts, who is also a filmmaker and um, a lot more wider than that DJ too. So go back and listen to Don if you haven't heard that episode. Uh, hit us up with your thoughts on the previous episodes. Uh, Caroline Hands has been really popular. The DNA D two-part special was real knockout too, so go back. The archive's always up there, soundcloud.com forward slash arrestornomics, or you can subscribe on iTunes at arrestornomics on the Twitter, facebook.com forward slash arrestornomics. And let us know your thoughts, arrestornomics at gmail.com if you want to go more direct. So here I am with drummer Lorna Blundell and lead vocals and guitar Stephen Dobb, uh, who formed the Hyena Kill, whose debut album Atomized is out now, and you can get it on all major outlets. It's on Spotify, um, it's on iTunes, Amazon, and Bandcamp. So go and pick it up. It's an awesome album. I had the distinct pleasure of creating all the art direction for that, um, and I hope you like what you see. Get us your thoughts on that too. Um, HyenaKill.com. You can go and check out. Their latest gigs, they're playing in Newcastle, in London, in Camden, in Guernsey, uh, in Manchester, of course, the album launch, which is all but sold out. So um, go and check them out. I hope you enjoy this episode. So what? Right, what's your background like individually? Sorry, individually, because I mean, we'll talk about my way and quenched and that stuff, but I don't know that much about is apart from the fact that you're from Blackpool and Nottingham, respectively. Well, I um, I'm a little bit older than Lorna, so. I grew up in a, a mining town with a mining family and then just got pushed, always got... Nobody went to university, anybody that I, I knew. I didn't even know one one person that went on to do that. You never got pushed to do it at school. Well, I certainly didn't anyway. And uh, all I kept getting told is just get, get a trade, get a trade. So I left school, didn't really give a shit. Um... I just left at the first opportunity and just tried to get a job, tried to do what everyone was saying, just get a trade, but I couldn't really be bothered. 
but I thought I did anyway, and I just ended up in construction uh, for like ten years. Still playing music, yeah, but never really. Where did your music interest come from? Then have you always been um, that way inclined, or as your family, or what? No, yeah, well, we, I've always had like heavy metal and rock being played in my house growing up. Like my mum liked stuff like Pink Floyd and Nirvana, and my dad was more ACDC, Black Sabbath, Queen, stuff like that. Yeah. And then it just so I just fucking just got turned on to guitar by my cousin at that early age, and just. And just taught myself and just battered it out. Yeah. Until I could, until I got good. Until I got, and, and I used to like practice upstairs on a beat up acoustic, and then <clears throat> I'd go downstairs to like my dad and my sisters and say, "Look at this," and then struggle my way through like some dead simple Oasis stuff. And just like, <laughs> and then, but uh, yeah, I've even cried learning once because I couldn't do it. I was just like. God save the determination and like, <laughs> well, um, can't do this and then I just I thought right carried on yeah and then just you've got to love it though aren't you because it is that it's a battle in it it's a battle to it takes some right persistence and determination I've tried it once or twice and bailed life bailed well quick just didn't even get I didn't even manage a callus <laughs> it was the pen for me in fact I was back in Keithley recently and, and some pissed woman came over and she shook my hand and then told me, have you ever done a day's work in your life? It's well soft. And it just occurred to me that I probably, not since the age of about 18, have I worked in anything like construction. So no, probably not. I probably have got really soft hands, but it never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah, just had a, you, had a pen or a brush most of your life. Well, you? that's it. Yeah, I think I knew my thing deep down. I just, I just like the idea of being a, a, a rock star, but it weren't going to happen. Yeah. Just like a football that didn't happen. Oh, it's probably determination to do it. Yeah. It's like anything, though. It's like Some people it's... pick it up easy, though. That's really... that's. I've known people just pick it up quite easily, and that's really yeah. irritating. <laughs> you don't know my struggle, man. Some people have natural rhythm as well. What, yeah. Or, and that can help, or they just have a natural understanding of music. But I don't understand music. No. Not, but, not theoretically. I've seen people that can, I know a few people that can play, not in, now I don't know, but I, I did know people that, uh, they could play guitar. They could, they could do it they could put their fingers and make it sound like sound, but they just didn't have they, I don't know they just looked awkward playing it like they could do stuff that I can't even do but it just didn't seem like they, it just felt looked dead unnatural and so it was dead or, like don't want to do it like, no I mean not, not like I'm not on about like rocking out on a stage I'm just the way it's just strange mm-hmm. it's just like and I what don't about, know what you want when do you start drumming I went into a music shop in Fleetwood, which I think is closed recently, when I was like 13, I think, and was hitting the drums, and the, the people who worked there at the time were like, oh, you're yeah. <coughs> the shop, so they were like, oh, you're really good, you should buy a drum kit, and I don't know whether they were like blowing smoke up my arse at the time, sat there in my school uniform after school, <laughs> um, and I was just like, wow, maybe I should, I think I was with my sister, and then... I went home and asked for a drum kit. Mum and dad were obviously like, no chance. And then I said, on so many levels, no. And then if I, uh, they said if you, you know, if I was like, what if I save up and you know buy my own drum kit? And they were like, okay, yeah, whatever. Thinking that I wouldn't do it, but I just, it was near Christmas and I had a paper round, so I just went hell for leather at saving my money, like almost like that, just like because I'm a bit like that sometimes. Um, basically, ended up playing drums out of defiance. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Um, yeah. 
and um, saved up, bought the kit. I remember buying it, it was two, £250. And since I've worked in drum retail, I know that they didn't really do me a massive thing, but I think they sold it for like 240 or 230 and I was like, whoa, proper like deal. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, and which was really kind of them, and then they dropped it off at my house. And then my dad answered the door when they dropped it off. I didn't tell them that I, I bought this the kit. And I was just sat at the top of the stairs, like, and my dad opened the door, and this guy um, was like, I've been able to drop the drum kit off, and my dad was like, Morning! <laughs> yeah, but in, in that same day, like, he went out and bought practice pads, you know, the, the rubber things. But yeah. It's the first thing my dad did. Which is understandable now that I'm a bit older, but at the time I was like, I didn't really give a shit. It's better than a big fat no, though, isn't it? It's a bit better than, like... Send it back. Oh, definitely. It was in my bedroom for a while, which was like chaos for the neighbours, bless them. How many paper rounds <laughs> did you have to do to do that? I think I must have got a bit of money for my year. It was a couple of months, but I think I must have got a bit of money for from Christmas that just topped it off. Honestly, like, I, I was determined then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just literally determined to get this kit. And then asked for a better kit and put it in the garage and just practised and practised and practised. I just loved it. I just felt like I loved yeah. it. I found yeah. a lot of. There was just something in it that, like, I, I was quite good at sport at school, but I never really pursued that, and I don't know, I really, really did love it. <laughs> yeah. And then I just sort of hap- hap- haphazardly went to college, did a bit of music, went to uni in Manchester, and then sort of by default was just a bit like, well, I guess I should keep doing this because it's the only thing that I'm moderately good at. Yeah. <laughs> So literally, yeah. There is that process, and I did that. I went all around the house just thinking I could play football, this, that, the other, thinking I'll just get a retail job and all this stuff. And you end up, I think if you, if, you, if it's in your art, you sort of do come back to it. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. Because you don't know anything. If, if just because you've got fuck all else, that, you know, that, yeah. was, like, that oh, yeah. was my circumstance, yeah. is yeah. it? Well, I got this off for college, and it's like, well, I did this business course at school, got my art GCC, liked nothing else, <laughs> and was good at nothing else. And it was like, well, you better start drawing then and make something of it, and that was it. Yeah. For me. It's... it's I think a lot of people, like when I moved to Manchester, I got exposed to people who were making money off music, and that is, you don't hear of that in small towns. That's crucial, actually, because I had the same thing when I moved to Preston after uni, and I met Danny Ellison, who was doing mm. it full time, and it was the same thing like, to see a real life person yeah, in person. Yeah, 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 and you're like, you can eat and pay money. rent and, yeah. and, and um, do that. It makes it infinitely more realistic that it's doable, you know? Mm. I met a guy called Lee Mullen who changed, definitely changed my my life a little bit I said to him recently like I met him in Johnny Roadhouse and he was working in the drum department and then I was chatting to him really casually and found out that he's like, later on found out that he's the percussionist for massive people like George Michael and Rod Stewart but you wouldn't know it chatting to him Yeah. and he still like teaches and works in music shops and, and I was just like oh my god if, you're, if you can do it and then you can disappear on a world tour for a couple of months mm. I can totally do that <laughs> this is when I was at university yeah. as well and I was, drunk for like four years yeah. but well you see the story a little bit more don't you you see how they've done that and you get what they're about and you see how they've done it and it makes a bit more sense yeah it's like a success I think, story yeah. so, you, so you're, you're on the build up to releasing your debut album which is called Atomized. are you excited? yeah but yeah, no, a little I'm bit excited but a little bit nervous it's the first album we're going to be self releasing it as well which yeah. pros and cons with that but I, I'm yeah. kind of but, happy about that now yeah we, it's yeah, it's, it's it's took a while to get to it. I mean, it just. But yeah, I'm really I'm I'm, I'm really happy. With I listened it. to the album before my Wi-Fi went down in my house, and you just don't know what to fucking mm. do, do you, when your internet goes down. And <laughs> I didn't want to rinse my four G because um, <laughs> I thought about reading a book, and then I was like, oh, I can't cope with that. 
that sort of commitment. Um, <laughs> and I didn't want to rinse my 4G like prior to this tour. And um, he put the album on, and I was laid in bed drinking a few IPAs. <laughs> I had my headphones on. This is painting a right picture. This was on a Saturday night as well. <laughs> oh, just to oh, uh, drink some IPAs and listen to my own music. Yeah, excuse me, I'm busy. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and I was just like, wow, we should be really proud of ourselves for even accomplishing that without. Well, you know, of course, you should, yeah. Without any sort of capital input yeah. beyond what you've worked for, um, saved up and sort of beg, steal or borrow, you know, it's, yeah. it's an impressive stuff. And I mean, I've worked with you guys for what now? It's probably about four years. Um, and I reckon easily the most um, self-sufficient band I've come across, personally, I think. Um, That's good, nice to know. It was, I mean, I, I was, just personally, I'm interested in that relationship between artists and music, just historically, but also from personal. Everyone that I went to with college was doing album covers for either a band they were seeing on TV or their mate's band. There's just always been that relationship, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I've spent the time, long story short, me and my old flatmate Danny Skerritt, as you know, set up Quench Music, and I met you guys through that project because we would hang around at open mic nights, put on open mic nights and gigs, and we put you guys on in previous bands. Um, but I, all, throughout all that time, I was searching for a band that got what I did, but would also meet me halfway with ideas, and not just appreciate what I'm doing, but, but really build a, a relationship and an a, a ongoing path. Because as someone who grew up um, sort of with Blur's whole album collection and, and uh, loving everything from the inlay to the artwork to the design to the videos and everything that went with that, I always wanted a band that I could sort of start that relationship with and keep it going. So there were a few sort of aborted cases of that with other bands um, for various reasons. But then, you know, you guys, it just seems that the rawness of your music seems to work f- with the energy of my art and there just seem to be this... Uh, I think there's been an integral that relationship has been an integral part of us being able to build ourselves Possibly. build our profile as a band Possibly. I mean it's been commented on by endless people yeah, because it's, a, it's a, that's it's so difficult I should have should I mean we've been really lucky so yeah. I, I should imagine it's really difficult to try and try and build a relationship yeah to get the to match it together yeah uh, to, to find somebody that you can work with instead of having to Every time, just shop it around or try and find something that yeah. sits sits for you. And it's also, just... who's really reliable? Because like the past month, we've been like, "Oh, we need them prints. Oh, we need this, that, the other. We need this. and we could just message you and send it to us. Yeah. Can you imagine doing that to like somebody who just hasn't got time for you if you're not giving. Them oh, and, to and unfortunately, the creative world is full of fluffers. It's mm. like, um, and not the porn star type, but should <laughs> <laughs> go on record saying that. But it's, it's full of flaky people. Unfortunately, we've got all the talent in the world, but can't get a file to you on time. Can't meet a deadline. And that's a fucking nightmare when you're on a production yeah. turnaround and it, you've got the actual real life deadlines. So yeah, you know, it's, it's exciting on that level, but but also like you say, it's, it's, you've, there's got to be a consistency. And all of the, any look at any band. I mean, like who did you guys sort of grow up liking band wise? Oh um, god, I was obs- I was obsessed with uh, Nirvana and Deftones. Yeah, from fourteen onwards. And I'm guessing you could probably tell me you could sort of. I mean, I'm not asking you to do it now, but I guess you could describe, you know, every album, album covers, every single album, covers, yeah. and all that. And, yeah. and, and there's a, probably a memory attached to each one of those yeah, yeah. visuals. Same thing with me growing up, you know, paper round going and saving up, like we said, to go and buy the latest Blur single or whatever else. And I was just infinitely intrigued, even if I didn't understand what was going on on the artwork every time. Like, what about yourself, Lana? Have you 
got an equivalent, anyone that you sort of... Oh, God, I remember my first CD I bought was um, Simply Red, I remember covering that. <laughs> I love that. Mine was um, Shaggy, Boombastic, single. And, and it, took, it was only blurred that the first band that meant anything to me in my world. So I went, Shaggy, Boombastic, right said Fred up. And I'm embarrassed to admit for the first time publicly that I knew the whole album word for word. <laughs> yeah, and Michael, awesome. and Michael Jackson bad. They were all good for their own for own reasons and depending on taste. But none of them spoke to me about my world. And then all of a sudden you've got this band singing about English towns and the visuals represent that stuff. And I grew up in a small Yorkshire town, and it's just like fuck, like what you know. I actually there's. A, a little bit of something in common. But Oasis did it quite well as well until yeah. the cocaine and everything and helicopters and shit in the video it was. Yeah, you, you could tell the point when they got they just lost themselves to that rock star yeah. ideals, I suppose. But I don't think, I don't, uh, from what I can remember, I don't think Blurred did that on the same. No, level. not this, no. They almost they sort of went down a more abstract music. Yeah, and that's they, my favourite period. That is. Yes, brilliant. I think they admit that themselves. But but I've always preached the importance to so many bands about not being afraid to just spend a little bit more money on artwork, videos, press, all that stuff. Because now, especially in today's digital industry, it's so fucking hard to stand out with so much online noise oh, yeah. that you have to look good and you have to be serious and plan it a bit more. There's like, some cool looking t-shirts from some of the bands we've played with recently and it's like... You know when you look at it, you can look at a merch stand and think, that looks fucking... Yeah. It's good, that... But yeah. ours looks dapper now because of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, I took a little photo of it. It's, like, it's really nice to see them all printed and together. Yeah, Fizzy Blood have got some cool looking, cool looking shirts. It always intrigues me because it always makes me think, oh, wow, where's that been? Yeah. Who's, who's, who's behind that? Who's, who's the person yeah. that's come up with that cool design? Because, yeah. you know, when you see a t shirt that you want, that you'd wear a band shirt, you think, yeah. Sometimes, regardless of who, who they are. Oh, like, I do. Yeah, all the time. I, like, I like to think that you guys, you know, we've, we've developed something strong enough now that people. Who, who maybe just come and see you one time or buy it, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, it yeah, it's, yeah. it's definitely happening. Yeah, yeah more and more. I want to t-shirt, I want to t-shirt. Cool, isn't it? Yeah, all come out nice. But, but it's, also, would you agree that it's, um, not only is it does it look good to prospective people who might work with you, for example, PR, labels, management, all that side of stuff, bookers, but also, does, does it give you more confidence in your music? Because I like to think that you, when you start to see your overall thing with cool videos and people yeah. buying into that whole brand, does that make you feel better about the music yeah, you're doing? Especially when it, it, it comes to that thing where you tie in your music and art. It, it, when, it, when it comes together and it works perfect, it's just like, yeah. I don't know, it just, it, mm. it just marries together really well and it's, it it's, really nice, it's really nice to see. Like with the recent video, we, you had, uh, I mean... Your lettering for the for the title, and then Ben's images. It just mm. crossed over really, it went really well. nice. Yeah, it's it, cool it, it was, uh, it, yeah, it's really good to see, and it gets it just get you a little bit excited. Yeah, I can't wait to like, see these, like, you know, physically. Yeah. and I want to get it printed to vinyl. And a big part of that is because I think your artwork deserves to be big. that size. I've never like, seen it done on like, vinyl, so that'd, yeah, that'd be that's, a first that's for me. The, that's just, the main reason that I want it done. Yeah. So if anyone's listening, we need money for vinyl. Ben's hot But yeah, as opposed to like the, the record came second. My flatmate's got a record player, but I can't really afford them, so I wasn't thinking about the record. The first thing I thought was that cover would look amazing I'm, I'm yeah. it deserves that to be. size it's crying out for it yeah. I'd love to see that yeah I've never seen it on vinyl so, and stuff so that'd be leave brilliant it, leave it with us we're working on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you sort of to this point you're more or less self-managed right pretty much we do yeah. we, 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 we do it we, it has been like way 
we just work as a, as a team, yeah. But it's, yeah. what's been good recently is is getting other people on board, such as yourself, and you, yeah. you feel like it, I don't know. Yeah, you feel like you're not just, it's not just alone. Yeah, it's that support network is important, isn't it? Because I, I, I do a similar, very similar thing. I have a sort of network of photographers, people like Danny helping me out on the audio side of the podcast. Um, there's this whole almost like backstage crew and we all swap skills. And it's like yeah. Andy Cottrell come and do the press shots for my book. And in return, I did him a watermark logo for his photography. And, you know, it's just, I think you do sell picture the route to a degree. And it's like, it's nice to know that if, you know, if I ever got the chance to put you guys on that you'd do it or you know well you have you let me use a track for my um, promo video which is going to be coming out with my new website and, soon and uh, so. for the WWE yeah yeah with Dave Hilton yeah that was that was really cool yeah and, um, it's a win-win isn't it in creative world yeah. I just need to help everybody out I think and, and, and I think that do you think that goes to the wider sort of independent scene do you think there needs to be, me, be more collaboration among independent artists uh, well, always, always, all, all collaboration. I, I, I'm just trying in to terms think of live and the, the sort of the scene, you know, because it's I don't know, are, are less people going to watch live music now because of YouTube, like uh, kids, kids and stuff. I've I've been asked this a few times. I'm noticing like we, we uh, the the more DIY rock shows that we that we tend to go to in Manchester, the attendance has been really good. Yeah, and this seems this the bands are on it with the merch. With the with the helping each other out and yeah. plugging the shows and it's it seems to be I think That's it's getting better from when we started it's definitely oh, yeah, getting better yeah. yeah I mean on this tour we're just sort of seeing it's good to see people coming out like on a Monday night mm. it's like yeah it's like people just coming to watch a rock show yeah and a fucking noisy one at that it's good. Maybe it's a, is it a genre thing? I mean, is there a, is it is it quite a strong scene at the minute? It's sort of harder stuff. Do you think? I think so. I think there's just a, a massive. I don't know whether it's the internet or whether we're, just because we're being exposed to it more by playing more shows, but there just seems to be uh, some surgery, amazing bands, caliber oh, yeah. bands in England yeah. com- that are yeah. coming through. We, it's the bands we play with recently. It's just like. Yeah. Christ, that's really good. Yeah. Are you noticing a consistency in respect to the way that you guys work hard on the whole package? Like we talked about the artwork, the PR. That, do you find that's a consistent thing among the other bands? Uh, are, they, are they quite switched on as well? I think yeah, we know a few bands who are, who are the same sort of same sort of position, managing a lot of themselves, and, and they've got it. They've got it screwed. They've got the head screwed on, yeah. and it seems like yeah. I think, like I say, the con- I'm noticing consistency with artwork and stuff, and mm. everyone's because you've got to be. I think you've, you've it's definitely that got dirty to be. word business. It is essentially Otherwise you you, just, you're, you are putting out your product, no matter how much it's your own thing and lack of compromise. You still try to sell your music to the world, whether it's yeah. live or on a record, and, and therefore it has to look good like any other product. It has to be worth coming to pay for. I think the bands that are worth this, worth the salt are definitely. On it, and, and I think it's because uh, it's, it's an integral part. And then part. it's because you, you value, like you value what you do. Then, because mm. um, you can undermine yourself by maybe not, like you say, like cutting corners with the artwork and stuff. Yeah. Which is a shame because I don't think, like many people, maybe realise that. Well, that's it. You could be the best album in the world, but it's coming out if it's coming out when it's got a photocopy of, of something rubbish on it, and even if it's good and it's produced badly. In me, on first impressions really count and if the production values are not there you're immediately lowering yourself a few pegs yeah. Yeah. and yeah, not definitely. many people will have the patience to go look beyond that to find out if that's the case they'll just immediately write it off that's what I find with a lot you know a lot of people in industry 
That's how we went to Abbey Road. We were just like, it's going to be all Yeah, nothing. I'm really impressed with actually that. You know, when I was writing up the credits, to, doing the lettering for the credits, I was reading it all back and I was like, you did do fucking work hard and actually um, think differently and actually take care of every aspect of it. And I think it shows in the end result. That was the old idea. When we sat down and said, right, let's do an album, because there was a couple of tracks, because it's a relatively short album, but there's a couple of tracks that didn't make the cut. Because they weren't good enough, were they? No, and it's there was soon like a really banging album. Yeah, we mm. we decided to not. We had we a, there was a few completely. there was a few tracks yeah. that we was like we could record these, but let's not do it. The, when we sat down and said we're going to do an album, we were just like, I was straight away. I was like, it's got to be done at Abbey Road, and it's like. I've got. I want it mastered. I was like, I want it mastered at Abbey Road. Yeah, we did have like, a, <laughs> yeah. we did have like a flux where we were like, oh god, oh we, we can't afford it. And then like, it was like the crowdfunding thing came in and was like, this is how we're we, gonna we do have it. To, we have to go to yeah. Abbey Road. Like, if ever, like, yeah. and that's amazing for people to help us. How did you find the crowdfunding? Because that was an integral part, wasn't it? You... We shit ourselves at first because it was like we didn't know how much to ask. Because I've seen uh, ask for because I've seen bands that have done it and they were like. And I was like, what's a, what's a good amount? But some people go too far. But they do advise you once you start get, you get your campaign going not to be greedy and just do what you need. Yeah, so yeah. some bands, a lot of bands apparently, uh, make the mistake of asking for way too much money because they want to cover all aspects. They're not, like they want to, they want the campaign to pay for everything, PR. And it, but we just thought, right, what what is the cost and what do we need to get this finished? And we asked for a modest amount. And we've ended up over that amount. I mean, the, play, the campaign's still open. We hit the target, and it's still open till end of next month. Oh, yeah. But it was it was really good. The response was really, yeah, really, really positive. Yeah, really, really you don't know. We, we, we just couldn't gauge what the hell was going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, you realise it, it, it's a good measurement of how many people are actually into into your band, and, and yeah, and and there's also people that I, I'm convinced just like helping. Yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah. Because yeah. you get a cause you get a history of like if they've used pledge before, it comes up and it tells you who they've pledged. And some oh, okay. people some people are it's that's they do it all the time. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, that's really cool. That made me think I was like, shit, I don't pledge I don't pledge half as enough. I only sort of like pledge to my friends but mm. but that's really good though, because it's, it's, it's a nice feeling as well, isn't it, when you know that uh, there are people there that are properly backing you and willing to actually, you know, support, dip into the pocket a little bit. It's a really yeah. nice thing. I mean, or just take the time to do whatever it is. Like when I won that Creative Award recently, the big, the nicest endorsement out of all of it was the fact that people had taken the time to go and vote for me. And I think that's to do with the fact that people know you face to face and know the person behind the art, which yeah. applies to you guys too, I'm sure. Uh, by virtue, maybe that helps you bring two people, and that is Stephen Warner, and it's like, yeah. and you've all you've got mates who get right behind what you're doing, you know. It's just... I think people feel sorry for us sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> there is that as well. Yeah. I did sit there on Saturday. <laughs> Back to these glamorous Saturday nights. Say, yeah, I did yeah, sat yeah, there, yeah. resting on the TV, emailing like people one to one, going, "We go if you like my stuff, go and vote for me." Like, <laughs> is that in tandem with me listening to my own album? <laughs> <laughs> Weekends, being in a crazy <laughs> band. That's I think it is. I think as well, like um, two piece has its pros and cons. But financially, everything is just halved. It's not divided by four or five. Yeah. It's halved. And it is when, you, especially when you, it's coming out of your own pocket. Yeah. That was that. It was nice to be able to self to have things funded a little bit. To gener- it was like it was an eye opener to think right. There is ways of generating 
cash yeah. to get this to get yeah. it to make just to, if the stuff so you can realise what you then. want that vi- that vision you've had what you've rehearsed mm. hard and then you there's ways of financing it yeah. and you can it can be stepped up at a level if you yeah. without breaking your bank and essentially destroying yeah. your band well that's it I mean you invest in t-shirts and uh, I was there at the Coma gig in, uh, in Islington and they seem to be going out quite well they seem the Polish audience seemed quite receptive to your music and were you sure it wasn't my uh, sales technique there was that there was that you were pretty robust I've done that drunk before and it went down really badly where was that I don't know you, you did it in Liverpool and that was pretty successful. when it was on their sofa and you were just like get down <laughs> I was stood up on a sofa like caused a right scene <laughs> like, I thought, I've done sofa. this once before it was highly successful I'll try this again everyone was just walking out like a, a, it was when we were in Poland so definitely nobody so it was liked. basically like some drunk person just some drunk English guy was that in Poland that was in Poland oh god I was just like get down <laughs> <laughs> just waving a t-shirt <laughs> well, so, speaking of Europe because it's Another thing that I was impressed with was when you went and sort of busked in Europe because... Oh, that was so good. Um, I think there's a lot out there, particularly <coughs> in your genre of music, and I find the same thing with my style of artwork. Germany's really receptive to it. I found out recently that Belarus was in Eastern Europe, and it's an eye-opener because you can kind of go a bit further afield to sort of build your name in other places and then bring that back. Did, how was that experience? And, and sort of more importantly, have you found the mentality, especially with your recent dates with Coma and Polish we, audiences? We love it. Loved it, yeah. We, we, we was very surprised with, again, we, we always go into stuff with a, a little bit nervous because we, we had this setup, which is essentially we, Lorna's bucket kit with like a tambourine snare and really small hi-hats. It was it's loud, do you know what I mean? It was loud mm-hmm. and I had a, 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 a miniature guitar, electric guitar that plugged into an amp. And when we get going, it's loud, it's and loud, I was like, yeah. "And bear in mind, this was like early days of our band. Like we'd only been a band for maybe a year, yeah, yeah. Maybe a year and a and half. We just sacked off the summer and just thought we just wanted an adventure and so an excuse to do it. We like, yeah. I think it'd be if we did it now, it would be a lot more accomplished at our little." Yeah. Yeah. So did you what you hired a van? No, we just uh we just, <laughs> oh, no, you we're, didn't. We're speaking about that today actually. We what we did is uh we got a fifteen pound megabus to <laughs> Brussels, Brussels and then we just sort of we'd sort of like done a, a bit of couch surfing. So we had a, a rough idea but no idea how we was getting to one place to another. So we just arrived in Brussels and we had a hostel booked for two nights so we could just settle. And then after way, that we're we? just like, right, what what do we do now? Yeah, it was great. Like and I then said, there was a couple of the couch surfing made the experience amazing because we met some lovely people who showed us like in Antwerp when we met Vincent and that. And then we ended up from staying at one person's house, like we were meant to, we'd have nowhere to stay that, that night and then their friends offered to put us up and you just have like a butterfly effect of an adventure. But once really we got going, happen. once we like the first time setting up, because you know you need a license in Brussels, but for some reason we just thought we need to do give this a road test like on, yeah, rested on the first on day. different soil, and uh, we give it a go, and it, it was loud, and I was like, "But this sounds good." And then well, we, so we, we only did it. Remember? We only did it really short. We didn't test it. We tested it like the, I got. No, I mean, like, like the day before. we did a jam because there's no vocals. It was just instrumental, making it up on the spot. But it, so it got a bit of a road test. We tried it in Bruges, but <laughs> no go. That's like a quiet. Oh yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got shut down straight away. It's essentially a library of a town. But once we got to. <laughs> And we went right out the way to the bus stop where it was quite noisy. 
But uh, we, we, we rocked up in Antwerp, and that's when we really realised can, we could make some money. And people loved it. There was oh yeah, Antwerp was, was great. Massive crowds. Mm. I mean, you get. But we noticed all the way around Europe is that nobody else was doing what we were doing in terms of busking. There was loads of different creative people doing. You got your, your standard acoustic, and then your, you know the and accordion and acoustic. stuff, and then you've got people doing cool stuff. But no one was playing heavy rock jams. On the streets, yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, I've never seen it. No, I've, yeah. I've still not seen it yet. It's it just stood out. Yeah. And, and uh, people, we, we essentially started paying our way around Europe. Yeah. We were paying to eat, paying to places to stay. It was great. <laughs> it was. It's one of the it best was things a I've ever done. Bizarre experience, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was. On reflection, it was insane. We had the, we had the best. We've, we've always got that as a backup plan. Me and Lana just like you know, if we've had enough, we'd, let's just mm. go around Europe because we know we can. Yeah. We can fund our way, and if we if we worked even harder, we could well, I mean, I'm sure if you keep on the track you're going, I'm sure your journey will take you. You'll get gigs, and you'll will have European tours. You know, I'm, I'm, to me, I see that as being a, 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 something that will probably happen as a natural progression. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the what, idea. Isn't yeah, that's it? what we'd yeah. really like because we love it. We love it. When I was in uh, yeah, when I was in Belarus in Minsk, you know, I was telling them, I was telling quite a few people about your music, showing them the artwork. They were, you know, like, oh, God, these guys have been gods over here, you know, like, a UK band doing that coming over here, like, you know, they we were... Need to, we need to get over there. They were, you know, they were, they were mad, mad for the idea of it. Um, I mean, you've always got the issue of a sort of economies not being particularly strong over there, so, you know, whether they don't pay well, I don't, I don't know how it all works, but um, but it's just, I think, the, yeah, a lot of countries would really eat up your sound, really, that, I think. Yeah, I've had a few, few people say that to me. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 well, we noticed that, I think, our people just receive just like rock music on the street. Yeah, I, 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 I love seeing well like Berlin or something. Well, we tried Berlin. It was oh, you mean that club gig? Yeah, busking in Berlin is really hard. It's <laughs> yeah, really that was competitive. Difficult. Is it? Yeah, it's mega competitive. It's, a, it's, a, it's quite an odd city as well. It's beautiful, but it's it's quite. It's just out it, it, everybody. It's like you've got to get a prime spot. We ended up just chasing our tail after a bit. Yeah, yeah. and we didn't make a lot of money. I think I don't know if it's because there's a lot of art type people there is that no one was I think either everyone's skin yeah or, but it wasn't as lucrative I mean yeah, the yeah. places to play were, were lovely weren't they but yeah yeah, didn't make as much money as we did in like Antwerp no no fair enough so um, a couple of things I always talk about it. I was reading some comments earlier I want to see what you think of this this was from Roger Waters from Pink Floyd and he was on a show recently and he was sort of really chastised he said I've got the quote written now he said nobody can make uh, Nobody can make money out of selling records because um, as soon as you create a song and record it, your intellectual copyright is stolen by Silicon Valley or all your work is given away by Pandora or Spotify or one of those companies that is only interested in selling soap powder or Volkswagen or whatever it might be. Uh, no longer is a relationship between fan and artist there. It's become about a transaction between Volkswagen and whoever. Uh, they don't want... They, they don't care the people who made the music or the people who download it. It's just all about the products. What do you, how do you feel about that? It's, a, it's, a, it's funny now, and it? it's just no. It's, nobody's buying records, and no. apart from the absolute it's, it's fans, totally, totally different in the last what twenty years, ten years, even <coughs> like the like CD sales. Nobody really buys CDs anymore. I, I mean, I still like CDs, but I don't necessarily buy them all the time. Um, I don't know if you think. I think if you think about it too long, you get a bit disheartened. But I think that's in the sense. It's of weird though that now you upload your, your music as soon as it's recorded and finished yeah. and released. You upload it straight to Spotify. This massive corporation. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about Spotify? Are you on it? 
I am on it, yeah. 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 I, I listen to it when I'm riding my bike. Yeah, because Tom York was quite critical of it recently, wasn't he? But then one of the comments that had been chosen, it was, it was on the Guardian article, and he'd sort of come out and said it's like, the, what do you say, it was the last... Uh, the last fart of a dying corpse of the old industry, um, yeah. uh, sort of the big labels jumping on it as a free way to sell all their old back catalogue over again, yeah. was his point. But then he, he flagged up in Rainbows and the way that he did that and said that was a direct relationship between fan and artist. But someone in the comments quite rightly flagged up the fact that this is their seventh studio album and they're a globally renowned band yeah. that's done everything they've done. Yeah. So that's... Okay, might be a bit. Pin- Maybe it's not very easy for them, but it's it's significantly easier for them. For example, if you guys just went and went right there, you are pay what you want, you'd probably get rinsed by a lot of people that didn't know you, didn't care about you. So it's a totally. Different if they argument. even listen yeah. to it at all, if they even yeah. if even bothered, they're probably just like, oh, you can pay what you want. I'm still not bothered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And I think there's an argument to be said about making it special and actually charging what you think it's worth because it's your art and you've worked long enough for it. It's harder. You've got to be on spot. It feels like you have to be on Spotify now. It's just the way the industry's going. I think. Yeah. You even get messages saying, "Why is this track not on Spotify?" Because it's like some yeah. tracks of ours are not on there. Do you make money for it? Have you noticed? <laughs> well, it is absolute pence. Is it pence? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what is so? Is it like pence per song? Not, it, yeah. It's like, I think even Lady Gaga doesn't make much on Spotify. Either. Like a couple of grand, I think it's that bad. Like, yeah. there's got to be something done to at least if someone's going to search out you and, and, and spend the all day listening to your back catalogue. I think there's got to be, there's got to be, you've got to change that. There's got, there's got to put some hands back, yeah, some money back in the hands. Of the because artists. what else have you got? You've got live gigs and you've got marketing deals and sponsorship. I suppose. I, I guess that's his point. Is that you've got to sort of <laughs> sell yourself, yeah, and and take on these big. I don't know. It's, I find it very. I mean, I'm not in it, you know, so I find it hard. I guess you've got a similar thing. There's there's a creators' rights bill being drawn up at the minute, which is about protecting uh, artists' work being licensed and that side of stuff. Yeah. And I guess it's a similar thing. It's about people taking it off the internet and using it for wherever they want and yeah. not being exploited by that. Have you had that yet? I haven't. No, it's not, the things that I've had is more to do with. Um, sort of contracts uh, in America I notice it quite a lot like work for hire contracts where you give away all the intellectual property for a very nominal fee and, it yeah. and my agency fight it quite hard and all the agencies are starting to come together now and, and draw up this creators rights bill to make sure that everyone's educated on the matter that's good especially with digital because it's an unknown quantity you know it's like you used to have contracts where it would be a print campaign for one year, for example, and all digital, which was fine when we were only talking about the potential that it might be used on a website or shared on a website. Now we're talking about full marketing campaigns and electronic billboards. Yeah. So it's all changed, but these contracts are still existing, so there's a sort of real feeling of fear at the minute that no one understands the territory. Yeah. And we have to get hold of it and quantify it somehow before it gets out of control and people, people lose just, all their rights yeah. Yeah, and the ability to make money, therefore. You know, so it's just the artists getting at least the industry all the time, at least your industry is like doing something about it well that's it music's so already so far down that, it's so far down that path and so hard to um, to sort of pull it back that it's like where does it end it's, it's a very um, it's a transitional time isn't it so it's, you know it's been quite frightening in a way yeah, I think if I sit and think about it, I get a bit yeah. like, Ugh. But, I mean, we're so DIY at this moment in time, doesn't necessarily affect us. That's why it is quite a good thing that we are self-releasing this album. Yeah. Because we're still learning about the industry, and the worst thing we could do is sign something we don't understand. Mm. and Because it, it could do you oh, over I've, for a couple I've, of I've years. I've known many, many cases of, of bad contracts and bad deals and uh, people trapped in labels. Mm. And for years and years, five, ten years, it could be a nightmare. Yeah. You, I know, get... I, don't, I don't want to name names because they, I think they might still be in these, tr- you know, do the trouble of getting out with them, so I don't want to make it harder for them by blurting about it on my podcast. But I know it's going on left, right and centre, and mm. you, you have to... You have to 
again spend the money to get a music lawyer to look yeah, over these no, things, no. but that ain't cheap. And where's that money coming from? You know, exactly. Fledge. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for my lawyer. <laughs> so about the artwork itself, we should talk about that. Seeing as I'm trying to run an arts podcast, <laughs> but um, no, but I'm excited by it. I'm really happy with the piece that I've done for you guys, and it's sort of. For anyone that's seen it, it's a, a sort of one of the traditional, you know, the whole pouting selfie, like uh, showing your phone in the mirror and all that stuff. And I just get so sick of seeing that and cat videos and <laughs> ultrasounds and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it just seems to be dominating and, and over and sort of washing over really important and good ideas and yeah. uh, getting lost to washing all this over reality. superficial nonsense. Yeah. So well, I mean, I'd like to think you guys felt the same way as me. You know, mate. As soon as we saw it, we're just like. Yeah, because it was a. We came with one idea, and then you just sort of advanced it and just took it to, and it just made perfect sense. And then it's just so striking. Yeah. For listeners, we've got sort of. I don't want to call him a roadie, but we've got people on that. Bar manager. <laughs> moving, bar manager moving kit around, and Lauren was worried about your phone getting stood on. <laughs> so she just up like, and left. So I can't take my, my selfies later on, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolutely... But it's horrible, I've got nothing against anyone having a laugh and taking them, but it's just like, when it's getting to the point where no one's giving a shit about people real life People make money stuff. off that shit now, yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, you can make, you can... Generate money. Yeah. From it now. Like you get enough followers. Blogs and stuff like that. Oh, and, uh, really? Yeah. They're, Sponsoring selfies. Oh, my God. Yeah. Staged selfies. It's just. I didn't realise it had gone that far. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's an actual. Fuck it's an actual know. market now. Because, you know, I didn't realise with, like, modelling in general, because I'm a bit, like, naive with that, because I'm not into it, is that, like, these photos in magazines alone take, like, it's one photo out of 100 photos taken to get that perfect angle to yeah, make yeah, yeah. look beautiful. And it's the same thing with selfie. Like a sel- yeah. that selfie that goes online is one of like maybe yeah, yeah, ten. Yeah. I was on and a it train. It has to be sieved out. Yeah, I was on a train back from York. I've been to a stag do recently. I was sat there with an hangover on a train back down to London, and there's a girl in front of me, and she's about twenty three, twenty four. And I'm not joking. She's gone through about a hundred selfies on her phone in front of me. Um, Looking at them all, like, you know, putting filters on them all, saving them and stuff like that. Spent oh. the entire train journey looking at images of herself. That's fucking class that's, mental. That's not, even, not, even, not even, you know, like, for, you know, it's, we've all had a night out where you look back through your pictures and have a laugh, but I'm talking two hours of looking at images only of herself, looking yeah. in mirrors, and I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> so self absorbed. You should have given I like the fact that you were so absorbed with it. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost by default. <laughs> it is that, I think that's why I can't. I mean, I don't do it a lot, like, but... Yeah. In fact, I don't do it at all. I've done one when I put a bit of makeup on. And yes. Our PR lady made me do it. Thanks, Ali. But, um, yeah, like, I don't... I just don't know where, it, where it's going to go. I think that's the frightening mm, thing. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the more people famous so people keep doing it, or people with profile keep doing it... Yeah. People just... That's where it comes yeah, from. Yeah, that, that's the internet and the examples we get set in it, I suppose. Winners of the internet, cats and pouting idiots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just egos... It is ego. It, it's, I always I always call it cries for help because that's what it is. It's, it's people who don't have a belonging that they're getting recognised for that's worthwhile. Um, putting pictures of their face up so that people might like it. It's like it's clickbait, and it? it's it's, it's hard for me to fathom because it's even though I've, it's been around for so long, it's just not 
the world where I fucking we came don't, from. We don't surra- yeah, we don't surround no. ourselves in it either, do we? It's like no. We have groups of friends who do this. We literally have. Yeah. So when you used to let go on the train, that might have been a shock to you, but some people are just like, well, you know, it's my mate that does that. Yeah. And we wouldn't even surround people ourselves. Like, people like, maybe the people looking that. out for the next one excited about it. <laughs> yeah. There might be. Maybe I should get my maybe I should get my lips filled with not Botox but like ink and do it as a gimmick and you know like oh yeah and like yeah get a sponsor get Windsor and, get Windsor and Newton to sponsor my selfies. Do you know what was good? <laughs> did you see something um, on Instagram recently? A girl did something. Um, I find out for you. She moved to New York and like faked via through Instagram a whole like fake lifestyle. Oh yeah, that was really. Oh, good. I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah it was, an art it was piece, like an yeah. art piece, and she got a boob job. She didn't really get a boob job. But she got a boob job. She was like got lips done. She made it look. And like she got something. loads of followers and all this shit, and it was all a project on like how bad it's gone. I did. I need to look deeper into this. I did see like a headline and and, and people talking about this, but it sounded fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> and all she was really a, attractive. The girls. She was so an artist as well. As it was all an art, art, like an online. Installation essentially. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah. It t- totally duped everybody into fucking, and they were like giving them messages of support and shit like that. Wow. Like, who are these people on these phones that are fucking care that well, much that's about thing, isn't it? Mm. About I don't get it. It's unbelievable. I don't know what they get. I don't know what they draw in from the fucking images that you scroll through. Shocking. Isn't it? Sometimes being in a band, I get a bit like anti-social media, but you can't be because mm. you're in a band, and that's the way it works now. But yeah, I can understand like if you're in a, if you're in band or yeah. people like to see the faces behind the music. Yeah, but these are just people on the bus. Oh, I mean, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great tool. It's the <laughs> people on the bus. <laughs> It, I mean, it, we all use it, and I use it quite effectively now, increasingly so, but I've gotten better over time at telling the story of, of you know, the ideas behind my work, the people, things that are driving my style, and it's all quite valid uses of it, which I think is a strong thing, and it's a good tool that we have to work with as creatives, but it takes up space. As Don Letts said on the previous show, he said, um, it's full of sound bites, Don Letts, and he said, 21st century space is a, is a big fucking problem, and he said... Um, Good ideas are being lost to ego and bullshit. I love um, that quote. Yeah, you, you put that up with our yeah, thing, didn't he's you? He's so good. Yeah, he's so good for a soundbite. He's done that. And, um, and he was saying, you know, he was he was uh, sort of saying, uh, why are people still asking me about punk? He said, I love punk and it was amazing to be a part of it, but why am I still being asked about something that happened like 40 years yeah. ago? You know, like what's what's coming to replace it? He was waiting for that thing and he was like, where is it? Wait, well, I'm not seeing it. I'm seeing over the counterculture and not, and not that, you know. But I guess the music you're making represents that in a way because it's quite uncompromising and balls out. And well, that was just that's what we set out to do. We don't, yeah. Yeah. We're not, we don't want to compromise. It's rough around the edges. It's not in any way shiny. Yeah, it's just. But I think people invest in that more, don't they, because of it? Um, and you know, and I think you've got to go down. I've done that in my art form. I've, I've held out for that and ignored corporate opportunities along the way. Because I know that when people do find it and connect with it, they'll they'll do it in such a way that they'll invest and not turn back. And hopefully, that's what people are going to. Well, already are doing. I mean, you know, I think you're building a following quite well, and so hopefully, that's going to continue on that basis. Fingers crossed. I think there's something to be said about building something from the ground up as well. Yeah. Because we've seen a lot of people put together or try to, you know, make a quick bit of money, and it doesn't work like that. Yeah, that's the thing. Well. I'm going to push it towards the close because everybody's turning up now. Yeah. Um, very quickly, uh, last section is Shark in the Tank, and I ask people for a love and a hate. Any, any creative thing, anything at all. Uh, uh, something that's pissed you off this morning, something of all time, anything in the arts. But I'm going to ask you to pick one each. One of you do a love, one of you do a hate. What a love? 
Yeah, well, it's up to you, isn't it? What, well, I love what, what I hate. You decide you between, do, you can decide between, between the world of arts, Lord. Yeah, you could do yours, Lord. Decide between you. One of you has to do a little bit of the world of arts. It could be anything as silly or. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? It's contemporary art, isn't it? What's it called? I don't know what it's. Uh, I don't even. Do you know what I don't even know what it's called? It's quite bad. No, just tell, say your example. No, like, what you, you know when you go around, like, art. I like I love what you do because I think you're an artist and you've got skills. Yes. And I do understand how like pieces of art make people think because that's the job, and it's great. But sometimes you just see stuff in an art gallery, and I just think. You mean like modern art, like modern art? That's it, Laura yeah. hates it, and I wind I her up. Think, it's her example is a brick on a chair. <laughs> I get a brick on a chair. Brick on a chair. She buys it for X amount of thousand pounds. So it's like bollocks modern art, basically. Yeah, I, mate, yeah. I can't stop Where somebody's it. passed off something that's really normal as, as a really good piece of yeah. art. Yeah, like, oh, that day, I, I you know. I think I, a lot I, of people I, will follow you onto that one. Oh, God, I just can't. I can't. She hates it. And he's like, well, you know, it, and I don't understand what <laughs> makes people think I get that. But, you know, if I looked at a painting, that's skill. I'm like, God, that's, that's skill, that's skillful. Like, not putting a fucking... It's conceptual, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wind Laura up, we were in St. Modern, and there was a pile of four towels on a plinth uh, in Liverpool, and she went up to it, and I saw her go out red in the face with anger, like she was that, that pissed that. off. And I, and I went, oh, no, 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 and I went, I went, I started stroking my chin, and went, <laughs> and went oh, my God, that's, that's profound, and she went, oh, fuck off, and walked off across the gallery. That's and I was profound. Like, and I started reading out the description and going, yeah, no, yeah. And it said the way the fabric cascades and it was like, oh, and it was such pretentious bollocks. bollocks. Yeah, it's when you see a fucking 50 grand prize tag. Well, this is it. It's fair enough. <laughs> that's what I mean. Ah. That's, that's the only thing that annoys me about it. Well, I just, I just love colour. I love... Colour? Good answer. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I just like loads of colour. Like, I, it, just, it doesn't matter how it's formed, whether it's a, a complete mess, I just love colourfulness. Cool. That's, that's <laughs> dealt with. That's a good answer, yeah. That is a really like good that. answer. Well, guys, I hope the, uh, the album's a success and um, and the gig goes well tonight. Yeah. Oh, and for anybody listening, if the competition's still going, we have done a competition where you submit a 30 second self portrait and you can win prints of the album artwork. So check out the Hyena Kills social media pages and my own. We're not hard to find and get yourself drawn and enter. Way. Nice <laughs> Ben. Thanks, Ben. What I love about Steve and Lorna is their uh, unashamed character projection. It's, it's such a big part of what the Hyena Kill have come to represent over the years. Um, Steve and Lorna just love what they do, as you found out from their story. And um, they're very honest, they're very humble, and they've always shown me a great deal of respect when working with me. And for anyone who works in the music industry, there's a lot of flakes out there, and it's... You know, it can be kind of soul-destroying at times, trying to get paid, trying to get people to do things on time. And Steve and Lorna represent something that's going to take you quite far as any kind of creative professional, and that's, you know, doing things on time, getting the job done, um, and being just being all right about it, being a nice human being and respecting the people that you work with. And I really hope they're going to go on to big things. Um, go and check out the album, like I mentioned before. You can pick that up on Amazon, iTunes, um, Spotify, and Bandcamp. It's called Atomized, and it's a real blast of refreshing, balls-out, filth-rock music, as Steve likes to call it, and you uh, you won't spend a better tenner. Get the CD, if you can, because it's got my artwork on it, and it looks awesome. <laughs> and you can download it digitally, too, uh, if you're feeling a bit poor, and you just want it on your iPod. But do go and support them. Go and see them live. They're one of the best live bands you'll see 
and their overall package, their overall branding, their design, um, the way they conduct themselves, their on-stage presence is just something special and it's a great example for any new musicians or anyone wanting to go and work in the music industry as a designer. Uh, go and check that out, hyenakill.com. Cheers for checking in. Um, let us know your thoughts on the episode at Arrest All My Mix on Twitter, um, facebook.com forward slash Arrest All My Mix. And of course, thanks again to our sponsors, Illustration Limited over at illustrationweb.com and Heart Internet at heartinternet.co.uk. Um, we're going to keep bringing you the social media, the SEO tips, golden stuff for all us, uh, whether you're freelance or running a business. This is really important stuff, and we all need to exist in that environment these days in the digital revolution. So, uh, catch us in episode two with Dirty Freud. Um, we're going to be looking at you know the perspective of someone who's grown up in a very working class background and gone on to work as a solo artist, as an electronic producer and musician, who I've got a whole history of working creatively with. And I hope you enjoy that one too. See you over in part two. Cheers, guys. Arrest all minutes.